I started coming up with systems internally. And now the property management is actually one of my favorite divisions personally, because I just, I love dealing with people. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation. We are here at another podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Sarah Larby. Sarah, how are you doing? Very good. How are you, Alfonso? Awesome. Awesome. Doing great. Really excited about uh, today's podcast. But before we get to uh, our guest, what have you been up to? What's been going on? What's been keeping you busy? Yeah, so we closed on the triplex a couple days ago. And uh, so now we are starting the whole permit process, the drawings, and uh, I'm working with uh, Daniel from White Willow Designs, who is actually putting all that stuff together, going back and forth from this, the city to to us. And it's all about delegation sometimes rather than having to be knee deep inside the business. I to work on the business so that's uh that's what's been happening and uh yeah no it's like it's pretty good my sister's gonna live in one of the units and we're gonna rent out the two or potentially three we're gonna try to make it into a fourplex so yeah i'll keep you guys posted what about you that's amazing well before before i get to you so just for the listeners that you know maybe you haven't heard so you bought this property in hamilton it's currently is it a single family home or is it a duplex or what how is it currently situated yeah, there's actually three units, but it's still a single family. Like whoever had it before didn't actually legalize it properly or at all. <laughs> so okay. we are going through that process right now. That's amazing. And you said potentially three or sorry, three unit potentially into a four unit building. That's uh, that's awesome. And you know, look at that growth, right? Just from the last two, three, four years that, well, I guess two and a half, three years that we've known each other. And you know, you had the single homes and just the normal rentals and then kind of going from there, the cottages and trying to expanding your horizons and now getting into conversion. That's amazing. I, I love that. And, and it's easier, right? Not that it gets easier, but it, it gets easier to deal with because you've seen some of the things you've, you've encountered and I'm sure you'll encounter some new experiences uh, on this project. Uh, you know, having a design team now to work with, which is really, really cool and, and working with people that have actually done it, right? I think that's the big key piece is that I don't want to be the smartest person on my team. I want to be ideally the person that knows the least about this stuff. So that's why I hire the right people, the right team. And ideally that still allows me to still have my full-time job, work full-time hours on that, still do the right club, still do the podcast. I, I think people ask me sometimes like, how do you have time for everything? And it's about, it's about your team and it's about finding the right people. And at some point too, you might upgrade some of your team members to other team members and your team in two years from now might not look like the exact same team it does today. And so I've, I've made a couple changes as well to, to some of the, the team members for the better or just as we're growing, there's just different, more, more different needs, I think. But this is how I, I do it. Plus, now I started waking up at four, which is actually awesome. And I think people think I'm crazy. But this 4 a.m. club, I go to the gym now at like 5.15. It is awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you, are, you can definitely put me in that category. The people think you're crazy. <laughs> I'm, I like, I'm more of a night owl. I like working at night. I usually, I think we joked around. I'm like, I usually go to bed around four and you're up at four, right? So it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting. And, and you do, it's got, you got to do what works for you, right? You got to, you got to tailor it to the life that you want and the life of you, that you design that you want, right? And, and what's going to work best for you and the projects and, and just the things that you want in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I'm really excited about all the stuff that I have going on, but what about you? Like you, what do you have now in terms of number of properties? I'm, I feel like every single week that goes by, it's like an extra. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, yeah, we're not, we're not quite at one per week, but I think uh, by, uh, well, we're recording this. It's, uh, it's in the beginning of May and we're over 110 rent to own properties now. Hopefully by the end of June, we're bringing in another five properties. Yeah, we set a big goal. So we, we hit a hundred uh, at the beginning of the year. We want to get to uh 200 by the end of 2020. So that's bringing on about another 80 or so projects in the next year and a half or so. And yeah, we have the systems, like you said, you keep tinkering it, you bring in different team members, bring in other team members to, to help out other parts of it. And uh, yeah, just really putting in some marketing efforts, really, really educating people. That's the biggest challenge, to be honest with you, with the rent to own is people hear about it. They hear about it once, they don't understand it, and they're like, ah, it's too complicated, and they go away from it, right? And they and they don't really go in and delve deep versus like like you, like what you're doing, like with the duplex conversion or, or conversion. It's like, well, hey, I'm buying one property, I'm making it into two. It's pretty easy to understand and rent it out, right? Versus a rent to own, it's a little bit more complicated. So we're continually trying to make uh, the process easier and, and easier to understand for either it's investors, tenant buyers, realtors, mortgage brokers, all the people involved and and part of that efforts actually we were in uh, London Ontario yesterday so for those of you guys have known seen the the real estate rap pack Matt McKeever Jack Weibo they've been on our stage a couple times they've been on the podcast those podcasts are coming out soon with both of those gentlemen and we did uh, a limo tour so Jeff Weibo he's done probably about six or seven of these now and uh, we did a rent to own limo tour so we actually had a limo of you know 25 30 investors going around London, Ontario, actually seeing our actual properties that are currently in operation. And we actually saw one where our tenant buyer is successful and actually sold back and it owns the property now. So we toured the properties, talked to the tenant buyers themselves. The investors got to ask questions right to our tenant buyers. It was a really cool experience. We, we, got, we did a little bit of a presentation in the morning, going through the process and actually breaking down those specific projects. So overall, we looked at five. And again, walking away from that day, the investors were coming up and going, wow, it was really cool actually seeing it like from beginning to end, how you started seeing the tenant buyer. So yeah, we're continually trying to educate people on, on rent to own. So yeah, if you want to know more, reach out, let me know. That's really I'll cool. I was listening or I was watching your, your Instagram posts going by and you guys were all in this limo and then you were getting out and you were viewing these properties and these are really nice properties and that is the really cool thing is like you're not buying necessarily 100 or 150 year old houses you're buying these awesome properties that you're not managing much right because the tenant buyers are doing all of that and you know you're educating people on that piece and it looked tons like tons of fun like I, if i could have gone i would have gone and uh you had a lot you had a lot of people you had a lot of people there too yeah it was it was it was a really, it was a really great turnout and it was actually funny one of the tenant buyers were, were we're going to the house. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. The, the backyard is a complete mess. We just redid the whole fence and we're going, and she's thinking it's a bad thing. And we're like, listen, I don't care how much of a mess it is. You're redoing a whole fence. And she's like using the cedar boards, horizontal planks. It looked amazing building a deck. She did landscaping. And it's funny. It's like, usually your tenants, like not even apologizing, but like not paying, right. Or, or not taking care of the things And she's like, I'm so sorry that it's a mess because we're building a whole new deck. And I'm like, I'm giving her a hug. I'm like, thank you for building a whole new deck on this house, right? So, and that's why I think the coolest thing, and I, I definitely think we're going to do another one in the future because that's what the biggest takeaway was. The investors actually got to see the tenant buyers and the quality 
And that's our biggest fear. A lot of people, what keeps them away from investing is, oh my God, is, is the building, is the unit going to be vacant? What tenants are going to do to my property? They're going to, I'm not going to be there all the time. It's not in the city I live in. It's not a five minute drive away. What are they going to do? And it alleviates those fears. So I think that goes for anything, whether that's real estate investing, skydiving, you know, turning a, a, a duplex into a triplex or a legal fourplex is as you educate yourself, those fears get eliminated because now, Oh, I just need to do this. This is a process behind it. Right. And, and that's the thing that we get caught up in is we didn't invent real estate investing. I didn't invent rent to own. You didn't invent the burst strategy. We're putting our own best spins on it and taking the best of the best and making it our own. And I think that's what we need to do and, and, and realize that and create our own process like yourself that you have, you know, your, the people that you delegate to, that you trust, that you're verifying what they're doing because, you know, references or, or they're proving to you that they can do the job. But having those strong people on our team that let them do their strengths and let us do our strengths and together we create, create magic, right? Absolutely. There's the team piece again, super important. Well, Absolutely. you know, thanks for sharing that. So we've got a great guest on our show today. Now you guys have like a special bromance. Uh, going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I, I, re I really, really like Andrew. And I think it was the first right club event that he attended. And, and now actually you never mentioned it to me, but in, now on the podcast, it came out and you're gonna have to listen to it, but he wasn't, you know, the biggest fan of networking or he was just nervous. He didn't like, again, a fear of it because he didn't understand. And he was at one of the tables before the event started and he was just kind of on his phone by himself. And I, we always want to encourage people to network. Listen, you can be on your phone in your car or at your house by yourself. When you come out to the, the, the right club, network with people. You should pull your phone out to get somebody's phone number or to get their contact information, but it shouldn't be on your emails. Unless it's something urgent for sure, okay, it's fine, exception. But go out and interact. So he was kind of by himself at the table and I kind of just sat beside him or grabbed him and said, hey, who are you? How's it going? My name's Alfonso. Let's talk. Let's, let's get to know a little bit about yourself. And I think what he said is it made him feel comfortable in, in that room, right? And um, yeah, since then, yeah, we've been out for a coffee. He's doing some really cool stuff. And, and, and I see the future for Andrew is he's going to be building these amazing smart homes that are, um, econ or, sorry, environmentally friendly, sustainable. And again, uh, you've known I've gone to Italy the last uh, two, three years. And the building that they do there versus the building that they do here is completely different. And Andrew gets into that into the podcast a little bit more. But yeah, really, really good guy. Really interesting podcast. It is. Absolutely. I, I really like his humbleness as well. He is so humble. He's so nice and going at it, jumping in with two feet first, like he says, and uh, learning from experience and doing it. So let's, uh, let's get on with the show. Let's, let's listen to what Andrew has to say. It's going to be very insightful. Welcome to the show, Andrew Chinya. How's it going? Not too bad, buddy. How are you? Very good, very good. Sarah and I are uh, very excited to have you on the show. I know you've been out to the, the Right Club many times, and uh, we've had the opportunity to talk, and you have an extensive background in construction. So we're excited to talk about it. You're also a real estate investor. So for, for those uh, people in the Right Club Nation that haven't had a chance to meet you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Andrew Signa. I was born and raised in uh, downtown Toronto in the Junction area. When I was growing up there, it wasn't the posh neighborhood that it is now. I'm proud to call it home. I moved out to, it's called Acton at about 21. Then we moved out to Hamilton about two years ago in June. I bought in Hamilton about four years ago. So I always saw Hamilton as the junior Toronto. And I see that more and more every day. So I'm super excited to kind of 
have Hamilton as my home base for my construction company and my distribution company. Awesome. That's great. So now you're also a real estate investor, correct, Andrew? Yes, I am. Okay. And what type of properties do you have right now in your portfolio? So I have three main ones. I have a single family dwelling. I have uh, two single family dwellings, one with me and my brother, one with me, my brother and my parents, and then one with me and my brother and a partner. What we're planning on doing is converting them to single family dwellings into multi-units. With our construction background, I know all the bill codes, so it's a little bit easier for me to kind of get in, get going, get materials there. Those are the things that kind of pique my interest is the single family dwellings into conversion. I'm doing a conversion right now at the Green Hill and Red Hill. It's a raised bungalow. It had the height already in the basement. So as soon as we saw that, we kind of jumped all over it. The windows were massive. So they already met the egress windows. So I was super excited about that. When I went in there with my brother and my partner, we were just like, this is perfect. This is perfect. How long ago did you buy that property? We bought it in November. So we actually bought in November and then we got crazy busy with work. Like it became, as soon as we closed, our scope of work just kind of blew up and now that got put on the back burner. So now we're just kind of wrapping up the conversion now. So what are we in about six months? So it's taken a little bit longer, but the renovation is top quality, right? I'd rather it be a little bit longer and it's done correctly than get subs in there and kind of just half-assed it. Absolutely. So you have a pretty extensive construction background from what the conversations that we've had as well too, right? So kind of, you know, talk a little bit about your background, your construction, what you were able to, uh, to do uh, throughout that. And the other thing too, I just want to make sure one of the catches, you know, being a guy born and raised in Hamilton, calling it a junior Toronto, I'm going to, I want to step up for all the, uh, the Hamilton people out there and be like, whoa, relax. Okay. <laughs> well, the thing, the reason why I call it Junior Toronto is because I grew up in Toronto before all those condos went up. And the thing that I see in Hamilton is what Toronto used to be. All those blue-collared, hard-working people that brought value to the community. People in Toronto now, it's just like, oh, well, where am I putting my investment? In Hamilton, I see people bringing value more than just capital. Sometimes that's what's needed in a partnership and for a community to be built. And that's what I see in Hamilton. Like where I grew up, there was the stockyards. So there was a bunch of cows and, and stocks uh, in a, like a main corner at Keelan and St. Clair. There was a whole bunch of cows. It's the same thing as the steel mills. Once the steel mills go, that's all prime land. Some sort of developer is going to be like, hey, I'll do the remediation uh, procedures to kind of clear the dirt. They don't care. The money's there. They know that. Once Stelco and Defasco kind of part ways, that's like 800 acres of waterfront. A developer will jump all over that, especially a Toronto developer. Absolutely. So I just want to circle back to the properties that you have, that you're taking single family properties and you're converting them. Can you walk us through what that process looks like? And especially, you know, in Hamilton, as an example, that's where you're doing it. What are some of the things we need to know before we take a dive into something like this? The first thing that I would I usually look for is the height of the basement, right? Because that's the biggest factor. If you're if you don't meet height regulation, and a bylaw officer comes by and you just kind of do everything else to spec, but the height isn't there, you have to underpin, and basically everything is destroyed. Honestly, I look when I do uh, when I go visit properties, the first place I go is the basement, because if the basement is not right, everything else is not going to work. 
it just doesn't make sense, right? So if the basement has a bowed wall, not height, not proper height, a lot of water entry, you're gonna spend a lot of money there and not get a return on your investment. You're gonna just put a bunch of money and no one's really gonna see it. If you have the proper height, dry basement, everything else is cosmetic. Everything else is on the cheaper end, if you wanna say it, because waterproofing is extremely expensive. So that's kind of what I look for when I look for properties is the height of the basement, how dry it is, and if there's any problems with the basement. Everything else is really just cosmetic. Fantastic. And, and are there some other specific areas of, of the city that, you know, you try to focus on or you like more than others, you know, without giving away all the secrets, but, you know, are there certain areas that you, you feel that are going to have, uh, you know, more development or, or more a higher potential for return? I love the east end of Hamilton. Um, my first property was across the street from Tim Hortons Field, and I am emotionally attached, which is bad for me, but I love that house. I, it's just like I have a product that I could spray to the exterior to make it more energy efficient, and I can't. I love the brick. I just emotionally can't make that decision. But East Hamilton is something to really keep an eye on because you see a lot of retrofits. Look at Gibson School that's being done by Henry Stinson is one that I really keep an eye out on. I try to see him at all the shows that I go to just to say hello. Like he's doing a lot of stuff in Buffalo, which I think is very interesting. But I love East, East Hamilton. Um, try to stay away that when I do site, I keep saying site meetings, but visits for real estate, North End has a lot of work to do, but there's a lot of value if you get the right one because it could be lower because the area is not fully developed. Absolutely. So now that you've got these properties and you're converting them and you're checking the ceiling height, you're checking to make sure that there's no water damage on the on the floor or it's not a, a wet basement. What is the process? So you've got the property, you close on the property. What do you need to go do next? Is it going to draw everything that you need to draw, go to the city? Like, what does that look like? And what's the timeline? Yeah. So in, in essence, you should always anticipate for anywhere between six weeks to three months, right? If you're full in working every day, six weeks to three months is an adequate time frame. What I usually do is I get all my operations with is usually my partner and my brother. They deal with all operations. That's their background. That's not who I am. So I get them to come in. I say, well, what are we looking at here? And then we go to AutoCAD. We do our first draft of drawing and then we obviously tweak it, right? Then things change and we have several meetings and then we get our engineer involved because you need engineering stamp drawings to pull permits. And then when you pull permits, you get your Hamilton is relatively easy for permits, depending on certain municipalities. Like I'm interested in really St. Catharines and Welland, but I know that they're a little bit different than Hamilton, but Hamilton is relatively easy to pull permits. When you do that, you flat permit on the, on the, your front window and you get your crews there to start with the going from the drawings that you got from the engineer. Hey, Right Club Nation. This week's sponsor is Emil Jelnik. Emil is a mortgage broker that has personally helped me grow my real estate portfolio and rent of own business for years now. The really cool thing is that he started out like most of us with no property and no money. Over his investing career, he was able to accumulate over 200 units. The beauty is that with Emil, you not only get the mortgage you need, but you get investing advice from someone there that has been there and done it and has the experience. Absolutely. Now, if you're just getting started or perhaps you already have many properties or even if you want to get into commercial investing, 
Emil can help you. And he's already helped many of our Right Club Nation listeners. He's very focused on helping you and our listeners meet their financial dreams. So if you wanted to reach out and call Emil, you can call him at 416-402-7448 or visit his website, which is jellyneckmortgages.ca. If you want to get to know more about Emil, you can check out his episode of our podcast, episode number 21, and get to know Emil a little bit better yourself. But for now, back to the podcast. Wow. So like you got to, you make it sound so simple. That approach is next to next to next. So what are some challenges that maybe that you, you come across or, or that you have to overcome while, while you're, while you're going through this process of anything, either pulling the permits finding your trades i'm sure now you've gotten into a good groove and have trades that you trust but what were some of the challenges you know in your first few properties that uh that you had to overcome my first ever property the challenge that i it wasn't a challenge it was a mistake i got so excited i was like oh i'm gonna get a tenant in there and i'm gonna you know start my investment i got the first tenant in there she had good paperwork i just didn't i was you know naive i was like okay well she seems pretty good let's get her in there i can start generating income everything was hunky-dory for the first six months until winter hit an experienced tenant that knows the system as soon as winter hits it takes longer to evict because they they have a little bit more compassion to evict them because it's cold outside that was my biggest mistake when i did my first property investment when i do conversions i actually just did this on the one at, at green hill we bought the property and I should have known better that I took tests of drywall compound and the whole property had asbestos. So when I'm doing my construction, I had to do it in a certain manner to, to make sure that it's done correctly. So one, the crew is, is, is working in, good, in a good environment. The engineers are working in a good environment. And it all has to be labeled and registered when you go do disposal. So my, my strategy for construction was completely different. Right. So I had, we had a whole bunch of plans. Then we get in there and we're like, okay, well, maybe we should test the drywall before we start ripping everything out. Once we found out every piece of, on the second floor, every piece of compound had asbestos. So I wasn't able to cut drywall, do it in a different manner. So I, when I did dividing walls, when I tied into the ceiling, I had to actually contain my cuts. So when you cut, you can't let the friable materials get exposed to all the surrounding areas. So I had to contain my area, put my negative air in, dispose of it properly. When that happened, it was like, that's going to change all our plans. So now we can't really do much to the actual layout. This has to be adjusted. That's one thing that always, 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 when you go buy a property in an older community, always ask about the compound. So great, great advice. Thanks for sharing that, Andrew. That's awesome. So now you mentioned that you've got partners in this deal and you've got three properties. How are you doing the joint ventures and how are you financing these right now? So right now we, we actually, uh, we bought it free and clear. We had uh, some capital paid up from a uh, sale of the house that we did. We actually strategized it a little bit different. My parents wanted to do something for the retirement and I owned Lot Ridge, one of the properties currently that I have. But what we did is they sold their house and then they bought a few properties and they lived at one of my houses. What we did was we strategized capital because if you play with how you spend money, you could actually save down the road. Um, that's one format that we did. Then the one that we did for Green Hill, we had capital available, just not enough for the, we had enough for the down payment, but so I had a little bit of troubles with my taxes down 16. I wasn't making very much. So when you go to 
a lender, you're like, Hey, can you give me a mortgage? My interest rate was extremely high. So I was like, okay, well, what can we do? I have capital, not enough to buy free and clear. What are my options? One of my business associates was like, I'll partner with you on that. I'm like, done, let's do it. So we bought it free and clear. And then now I'm building myself up. So we're, we're kind of on the right path. I like that. And coming out to the right club and meeting some really cool people. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, okay. So you've gotten those under your belt. I know you have the construction side and you have some really cool materials. We've been able to talk about it a few different times. What is the plan? What, what's the future look like? What do you, as you continue to grow and scale, are you looking to do more conversions or buy and holds? What, what does that strategy look like? And, and how do you plan to, uh, to put that into place? So like I plan on doing actually a little bit different of real estate investment. So I'm actually getting Terry on certified to build homes. I don't want to just buy, hold or flip that, that those are fun, but it's not my passion. My passion is starting from the ground, the dirt um, and building from there. You can build custom houses that are outstanding. And what we're planning on doing is building smart houses and using the products that we work with that are eco-friendly that will make the building more energy efficient and be less harmful for the earth and think about the future. That's our main focus is think green and let the houses save the environment. Very cool. Now, Andrew, are you, so you're doing a lot of things. You've got a lot of goals, a lot of opportunities. Are you property managing as well? Yeah. So it was actually funny back in October, I called a few of our old clients from Toronto, just like, you know, I'm following up. This is what we're doing. We're in Hamilton now. And one lady's like, yeah, my client is property managers. And she called me, she's like, I'm getting out of it. I'm like, so what are you doing with your contract? She's like, well, I don't really have contracts, but yeah, I'm just going to be giving them away. And I hung up with her and I'm thinking, well, I basically manage the properties. I just need to deal with the financials in and financials out. I know everything about building envelopes and how to make sure that the structure is maintained. I'm great with people. Um, and I called her back and I was like, well, would you consider me to, as a referral to do property management? And she's like, yeah, okay. And when she thought of it, she was like, you'd be perfect. I, I was familiar with all the buildings because I did construction work in them. So she set up a meeting with me and the landlord and it was a 16 unit student housing in downtown Toronto. And when I started, I was like, okay, this is pretty simple stuff. And then you started getting all the texts and emails from all the students about little minor things as an adult, you think of how to maintain the property, but students won't get it, right? It's like, oh, my light bulb. It's like, okay, well, there's light bulbs in your closet. Just change it or something's loose. It's like, okay. And then I started coming up with systems internally. And now the property management is actually one of my favorite divisions personally, because I just, I love dealing with people. Some of the tenants that were having problems with the previous property manager I'm actually good with. They keep me updated on what's going around in the building. Like, oh, there's broken glass or some guy's kind of acting shady in front or the alarm's going off. To me, I'm more of a people person, except when it comes to networking events. I suck at networking events. But when it comes to people and dealing with property management, it was, it was one of my best decisions to add that division to the yeah. And, and I think as right club, as you're listening to this, as people get nervous around that property management or they think, you know, toilets and tenants and, and all the worst case scenarios and, and, you know, the nightmare stories that you hear. But as you go through it and you experience it, like you said, if you can, if you can kind of relate with people and where they're coming from and, you know, you took the approach where I'm not going to get upset or frustrated with these students that don't understand and go turn in a light bulb. You get it that, oh, wait, they don't get that. They don't understand yet. And if you can explain it and at least give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe the first time or the second time. And then, like you said, create a system 
around it so that, you know, if it's, you have different levels of emergencies or non-emergencies, right? Yeah. Like the one thing that I looked in right away is software. I'm like a tech guy. I hate writing notes. I don't like hard copy, which is hard because some of the people in our company are old fashioned, write everything and make a hundred notes and we lose that note and we don't know where it went. But I'm, I'm a tech guy. And when I first got into property management, I started looking into software. And one thing that I came about that I think would be really valuable for your listeners is a software called Cozy. It's for individual landlords that can help manage the property where you don't have a bunch of units. It's free of charge, which is something that, that I found appealing. I didn't get involved with it personally, but I read of reviews and I did my market research and a lot of people think highly of it. And that's what I would recommend to your listeners is to check out Cozy. I don't know if it's cozy.com or .ca or .org, but if you search Cozy property management software, I'm sure it will come up in Google. Could it be cozy.co? I feel like I've, I've looked at it before and I, maybe it's changed, but is it Canadian for Canadians as well? I, I don't remember. Okay. When I found out about it, I really actually don't look at, when I research, I don't really look at the, the website because websites can be glorified, but they actually suck, right? I right. usually look at people's feedback um, and that's what I looked into. As soon as I found out about the software, I didn't look into the actual website. I looked at what was online. And okay. what people were saying about it. And they were yeah. saying that it was fantastic. So I own two or three properties and I don't want to hire a property manager. And I, I in, uh, direct people to that. Like if you own four properties, you're not going to hire me and you can easily manage it yourself. Why would you do that? Absolutely. I lose your margins. Like I'm, I'm looking more at like apartment buildings. Don't look at me to do residential unless you don't have the time and don't want to deal with it whatsoever. It depends on the, the individual person. Yeah. That's, that's, at that property show that I met you guys, I, I encourage people. I was like, look, you have two properties. Don't look, consider a property manager. It doesn't make sense. You're going to cut your margin basically in half and you're really don't have that intensity to do it. Check out the software. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. Like personally, I actually like property managing myself and I like dealing with tenants, but there it's not for everybody. So I can understand there is definitely two points of view, but one of the things, Andrew, just, I wanted to go back because put you on the spot a little bit here. So you mentioned that you don't like networking and uh, you're... I hate networking. <laughs> so I can do public speaking all day long. I could do podcasts. I can do meetings. I can do sales calls. I could walk into a front door and knock on a hundred doors a day. No problem. I go to a networking event, my hands get all clammy and I get all nervous and I forget what to say. And that's the only time I've ever experienced that, but I don't know why. It just happened. But you know, that's really cool that you you share that with us. And so there's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now. And that's also a fear of, of theirs. And it's not a comfortable thing because it's not like all of a sudden you start going in these networking events and all of a sudden, you know, you're comfortable talking to a bunch of people and, you know, so you're, you're definitely, I'm sure one of many people that have, you know, the same experiences. And I think it's important to share that because it's definitely not easy to network. You learn it over time. You start being more and more comfortable over time. But I do want to say like, kudos to you because you, you come out to our events and you still put yourself out of that comfort zone to network and to be there. And you know, at some point you'll probably start enjoying it maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, the thing that I really liked about the right club is the first event that I ever went to, I got invited by a gentleman named Michael, which I believe you guys are affiliated with. And I was sitting at a table by myself. I was like, okay, here we go. Let's see what this is all going to be about. And I was answering some emails and 
let alone this good-looking guy that has, you know, a nice goatee in Italian. I'm just like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, okay, I'm doing good. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the, you know, founders. I'm like, cool. Like, this is, you know, pretty chill. No one actually, especially someone that hosts the events, don't usually affiliate themselves with everybody. And that's what I thought was pretty cool with what Alfonso did. He came right up to me. He's like, yeah, man, how's it going? What are you here for? I'm like, I gave him a little bit of a story about the products that I work with. And, and he's like, yeah, that's cool. And just, just network, get five business cards. I'm like, I didn't, I got two. And I was like, okay, I'm going home now. But um, <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool that, that Alfonso came up and, and took the time to kind of introduce himself as what he does and what he represents in the right club. Well, and that and I remember that. And, and, and we talk about that all the time is getting out of the comfort zone and, and doing something a little different and always challenging yourself. And, and it's just because we're the founders. Hey, we have our own struggles and we're doing our own thing as well too. And we're there to learn just as much or if not more than, than everybody else. Right. So and I think that's the important part. This is why we, why you're on the podcast, why we have the podcast is to spotlight people and, and what they're doing. So I would have never have known that because we've had a, a bunch of conversations and, and it, and it was pretty easy flowing, but, uh, but, and that's the other part too, is that it's not just you. There's other people that are a little bit nervous around that. And we want people to, to get comfortable, to, to feel like it's a safe environment where no one's there judging or, or saying, hey, like, oh, you've only done this or you've only done that. Or how come you haven't done this? We want each other to inspire each other to do more. And, and if that's what it is, to network more. And whether it's two business cards or five business cards, I've had more conversations with people now. And they're like, oh, it's getting so big. There's over 250 people. It's hard to talk to everybody. But I think if you come to the events with a goal in mind to say, hey, I want to have five awesome conversations tonight and meet five new people and, and really come into the event with a goal, you know, I think that's when you're going to achieve. So I appreciate you, you know, um, the kind words and, you know, this handsome guy. I, I know you're using that lightly, but uh, <laughs> um, but that but that's the cool part is that we, we get in that room and we share each other's experiences. So I want to go back to, to what both of you guys have said about the property management and Sounds like you guys both kind of enjoy it, but I think the key is that you guys both have systems in place, right? So that if something does happen, you're not reactionary. You've already kind of proactively solved that problem or have that little bit of experience. So let's just say someone that it's in their first property or their first duplex or something like that, and now they have to deal with tenants. They're doing their own property management. What's a few things or one thing that has helped you in your business when, when you're dealing with people or property managing? I'll kind of start. The first thing that I look for with property management is liability risk. That's the first thing I look at is because if someone slips and falls or someone trips over a piece of concrete that's raised because of, of sinking or whatever, you always try to remove liability. And that's the first thing I always do when I deal with a landlord or my personal property is if there's leaves on a walkway, they have to be addressed because if they get wet, they're slippery. Or if ice stays on a walk path for too long, that's a liability risk. That's the first thing that I look for, especially when dealing with property management, is a lawsuit. You don't want it. So remove liability. Absolutely. That's, that's really important. Safety first. And, uh, you know, it's not as bad as the U.S., but you never want to be the one that's getting sued. Yeah, I, I came from the restoration industry, which was a lot of in, uh, involvement with insurance companies. And the lawsuits were crazy. And I just, I'm not a huge fan of lawsuits. I've been in, I've been in a few where I had to be an expert witness. And it's just not an environment that you want to kind of be in. So when you deal with your own properties, remove liability. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so Andrew, what's next for you? Like, what are you working on? You know, what's your goals when it comes to real estate, real estate investing in your real estate businesses? For me is building. So that's exactly what I'm looking for now. It's going to be about another two months before I'm actually kind of really um, in the swing of things, but I'm always keeping my eye out for like land and houses that are going to be torn down, which basically all you're doing is buying the land. You actually have to add for demolition of that property because the house, if it's terrible, I'm not going to build on a terrible structure. You're going to, you buy the land. That's what I'm focusing on right now and evaluating the market in different municipalities on where's my best bang for my dollar for land, not actual properties. Right. And now how are, are you planning on financing that? So there's two things. I have a couple of investor um, friends in Toronto and we're also going to have a, a little bit of a brainstorming session with my partners and one of my mortgage brokers that I work with in uh, Hamilton. Again, it, what I find is also communicating with everybody. I just, you know, there's a, so many resources in the community. Talk to everybody, see what ideas they have. That's what I'm going to do. All right. So this is new to me too, right? I'm not, I'm not done a brand new build just for myself only. Um, we've built houses before, but never for me only and then sell the property. Um, this is going to be a new venture for me as well. So this is going to be a lot of handshaking and talking to people, which I'm good at. That's cool. And I know when, you know, when we're, we're talking to, to different investors, you know, the, the ultimate, the goal is whether it's, to, whether it's private lending or whether it's, you know, actually building, instructing and, and creating something from nothing and actually taking something that was there and creating something brand new that's when you can add the most value. Like you've already done it in a way of, of uh, duplex conversions or second suite conversions, but now, you know, doing building properties and especially really cool. What you talked about was, you know, the energy efficient products and, and, and the way of the future of how more sustainable products where I think North America is a little bit behind the rest of the world. Cause when I'm in Europe or, you know, overseas, you see these products and you're like, wow, these are great. This would be awesome. Right. So, yeah, I, I love the spin that you put on it. Right. The energy efficient. You're not just building normal bricks and sticks type of, of construction. Right. Yeah. See, that's the thing is, is you kind of hit nail right on the head. Is construction gear is actually meant to fail. In Europe, it's meant to last. And when you see some of the materials coming out of Europe, I was in shock when I saw some of the materials. Now I'm working with a few now. Um, and I'm planning on bringing over more, but the things that they work with there are meant to make the building more energy efficient and last for a long period of time. One product I deal with, it gives them 10 year manufacturer warranty, which is unheard of here in North America. It's usually a year. If it's all done to spec and this, that you jump through hoops and you give away your first child, but there they stand by their word and they're like, this is going to be a good product. And if it does fail for whatever reason, if it got compromised during shipment, they uphold their word here. It's like, you got to, you know, it's like shooting the water for a duck. It's like, how, how am I going to hit it? It's impossible. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that is, that is most likely going to be the future, right? All those green environmental options and products. So, you know, you're, uh, you're taking that, that step in the right direction. So awesome, Andrew, thank you for answering all our questions. The next part of this podcast is our, lightning round. So Alfonso and I will take turns asking you four total questions that you will answer in under 30 seconds. Are you ready? Yeah. Awesome. All right. So here we go. It's now time for the lightning round. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Sarah Larby. Sarah's goal is to help other Canadians create wealth and retire earlier through real estate investing. Ever wonder how to find, screen, and manage the very best tenants? Go to www.sarahlarby.com to download her free guide. How about where to invest? If so, Sarah is also giving away a free checklist to determine where you will want to buy your next investment property. Check it out on her website. Question number one, Andrew. What is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or your favorite at a networking event? Um, don't be scared to jump two feet in. Okay, awesome. I love that. I love that. Go in and figure it out, right? Learn how to swim by jumping in the deep end, right? Exactly. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. So what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Resource. I would say suppliers. I'm, I'm super interested in seeing the different suppliers that can give to building materials, right? It's not just a cookie cutter type of situation. When you do a renovation, there's so much out there. Look at the laminate now it's in vinyl. I think that's phenomenal. That's one of my biggest things is the resource of the building material. All right. That's probably the first time that we hear that type of resource. So <laughs> thank you. All right. Question number three, Andrew, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I, don't, I wouldn't classify myself as successful. I'm still doing my story. Uh, I wouldn't classify that as that. I'm not, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, I'm a hot shot. I'm not. I, I can't answer that question because I still think in my story. So, uh, okay, so I, I can answer that question after. <laughs> all right. So I, I think the attribute is humble because you are successful in my opinion. And you know what? You've done a lot more than other people have or done a lot less than other people have. But again, you're like you said, you're doing your story. And, and just being humble and, and being able to share that and explain that to people I'm going to give you that attribute. I think you're a very humble, humble guy and, uh, and just a nice guy all around. So thank uh, you, sir, for the kind. No problem. Um, all right. So question number four, last question of the lightning round. It's, it's a Sunday morning and it actually is Sunday morning, but what does a typical Sunday morning look like for you? And what are you doing? I always go through my emails. I get easy 150 emails. Uh, today I'm going to go spend it with my, my mother and my grandmother. Today's mother's day. So I'm going to do that. Um, but usually it's going through my computer, seeing what advertising campaigns I can do. Um, I'm a marketing guy. That's what I love to do. That's my passion. Sometimes as the head of the company, I get to actually focus very little on it, but that's what I love to do. And Sundays, my phone doesn't ring as much, but I get a lot of emails. So I can actually focus on campaigns. That's what I love to do. There you go. Campaigns and emails. Andrew, if our Right Club Nation and our listeners wanted to reach out and get to know more about you, where can they go? Uh, they can go to Instagram. Andrew J Signa um, is my uh, username for Instagram. That's probably the fastest way to communicate with me. Awesome. Awesome. Any last words of advice or anything that you want the right club nation to know? Yeah. Don't be scared to jump two feet in. That was when I was younger, that was the best advice for me. And, and you can't be scared to jump two feet in because even if you fail, it's not a failure. It's a lesson. That's a great point. There you go. Jump two feet in and learn from that. So thank you, Andrew, on that note for being an awesome guest on our show. It was a pleasure to talk to you and I'm looking forward to networking and, and seeing you more at our next event. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thank you guys All for right. having me. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh my God, that was awesome. That was a great podcast. You know what I love about Andrew? He is so humble. Like He's so nice. He's so easy to speak with. And uh, so far has been doing amazing things and has a great concept on what he wants to do next. What do you think, Alfonso? Uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. Andrew's such a, such a nice guy. We've met at the right club a few times. I remember the first time that I met him and uh, yeah, and he's continuing to grow and he's got huge, huge aspirations of building and helping people and, you know, and, and he really simplifies it. He knows what his passions are. He's got business partners in his company that, you know, they, they take over the operations. He likes doing the marketing and, and that kind of stuff. And we talk about that all the time, right? Is working with a good team and good partners. And yeah, he's just all around, all around a really, really, really good guy and, you know, able to share his experiences, right? On, on, on some of the examples and deals that he's done. So yeah, awesome, awesome podcast. What did you like? Uh, did you take away from, from that? I know you're getting into the construction mode now with sure your ears are perked. Yeah, no, I mean, he's got a lot of experience with, uh, with that whole construction piece and, what he's doing is what I'm doing with this Hamilton property that we just bought. We're converting it as well. So I really like talking to him about that. And then that whole environmental product opportunity. I mean, I think that's a, a good opportunity for the future to get into it early. So I, I like that. And then, you know, ultimately I actually thought it was really interesting that he hates networking, but he yeah. doesn't seem like he hates it. He's actually, <laughs> he seems like he's just good with it, but you know, like, it is cool to like have him share that because there's probably a lot of people out there that are thinking the same thing as him and feel the same way. And guys, it's okay. And I think that's what's awesome with our right club is, it is so inclusive and people are just, you know, I think genuinely nice and want to help each other out. And that's the club that we try to create with that friendship and that relationship building and just being able to talk to people without being judged. I think that's important. Absolutely. And, and yeah, we want to create a safe, fun environment for everybody to come and grow and learn and take something away from it. And yeah, if, if you are nervous about networking, don't be shy. I'm sure there's somebody else in the room that's shy too, but no one's there to judge you. No one's there to be like, oh, look at that person. They suck or they're terrible. We've all had to start from somewhere. We're all looking to grow to the next spot. No one is looking just to be like, oh, I don't want to grow. I just want to stay exactly where I am. We're all pushing each other, looking for inspiration. And that's the cool part is that we gain inspiration from others. They're killing it. You're doing amazing things. And I'm looking at you and going, how can I, I don't think I'll ever wake up at four in the morning, but I'm like, how can I improve? What, what are the, what are your best practices that you're doing that I can take and, and put into my life or my business? And I want to share my struggles and my experiences with people that hopefully they can take something that they can say, Hey, I love what Alfonso does, or, Oh, I'm not going to do that what Alfonso does, but I'm going to do this version of it. And we make it our own. That's the cool part. Right. And, and, uh, over the weekend, yeah, yesterday, again, we were in London and got to meet a lot of, a lot of the right club listeners. And, and that's the cool part. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. When, when we hear that, like, it's almost like I start blushing or getting embarrassed because it's, we love doing this and love providing this information for you. And if you're getting value of it, that's exactly what we want. This is, we, we've hit our target. We want to keep doing that even more. So yeah, if it's cool with you, Sarah, there's a couple new comments on the ratings and reviews. And again, please, we want to hear those rating and reviews. It's tough to, to meet all the people, but uh, if you want to send a rating and review, we'll definitely try to read it uh, and get it out here. So this one is from Gabriel Goslin. He says, hey, Sarah and Alfonso, you guys are awesome. I love your podcast. A lot of content and good tips. What you guys have accomplished is incredible. Keep going. Can't wait for the next club, next right club monthly event. So thank you very much, Gabriel. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so another another one here, uh, just from this week as well too. Emery fifty five. Emery, thank you so much. And he says uh, he or she, I'm not sure if it's Emery fifty five. Um, I find a lot of inspiration in each episode. Easy to understand. 
Even though new and complex content are explored and on each episode, the information is so relevant to the exact makers I'm working in. So that's cool. Feels like I'm hanging out with the smartest, coolest people in my neighborhood just digitally. That's cool. I like that. My favorite road trip companions is now the right one. So, and Emery wants to hear a little bit more about Canadians investing in the United States. So well, let's put it out there. If you have invested in the United States, wherever, all the beautiful country of the United States, if you've invested in there, had some success, had some failures, we want to hear from you. So reach out to either Sarah at therightclub.com or Alfonso at therightclub.com. If you've invested in the U.S., we want to hear your experiences because we have a listener that wants to know more and learn more about that. And so do we. That'd be kind of cool. There's some hot places in the U.S., Arizona, Florida, you know, that uh, maybe there's some beaches that we can invest there. So I know we're talking about that. So yeah, get at us. Reach out. At this time now, today's Mother's Day. So Sarah and I are going to get uh, to go and hang out with our uh, with our moms, spend a day with them. And again, that's it's what it's about, right? Spending the time with the people that we love and it allows us to, to, to do the amazing things. And um, yeah, and just keep providing value for you guys. That's what we want to keep doing. Sarah, I have so much fun doing this. It's not quite 4 a.m. that we wake up, but you're getting me up early on, on Sunday mornings after some Saturday nights that are really fun and I really like, enjoy, I enjoy doing this. So uh, I can't wait to keep doing more. And that's the cool part is we get to hang out. I know it's even just digitally, but we get to grow and, and talk with each other and, and how we can kind of expand our knowledge base. And you should hear some of the cool ideas that we have in the pipeline for, for you guys. And, and we want to hear more from you as well, too, if you guys have some ideas. Absolutely, Alfonso. Thank you very much. You are an awesome co-host as usual. Super excited about doing this with you and going on this journey. And guys, if you haven't come out to a Right Club meeting yet, come out, come grow with us. We want to support you and help you grow and achieve your goals. So thank you guys and see you next week. All right. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.